In this episode, we're going to talk about the winter solstice, how it's a time for introspection, personal work, rest, family, and togetherness. I have a tea recipe to share, as well as a Yuletide story. Hi, I'm Leandra Witchwood, and welcome to The Magic Kitchen, where we explore magic, recipes, herbs, rituals, and everything in between. Join me as we practice the old ways in a modern world. As the weather turns cold, it feels like Mother Nature is almost, quite literally, ushering us to stay inside, to go in where it's warm and safe. The winter solstice reminds us to rest. Our ancestors honored this, as they spent a good portion of their time sleeping and caring for their home as well as each other. Spending time in rest is exactly the goal of this season. Conserve your energy. Conserve the energy of everything around you, from what heats your home, to what creates light, to what you eat, and most importantly, yourself. After all, when we spend more time in rest, we use up fewer resources. Our ancestors knew this, and they honored it. So if you are feeling that need to hibernate, rest, and retreat, Perhaps this is something you should honor within yourself and your life. Perhaps you are being beckoned to restore your energy. In my tradition, the process of wintering begins around Maybon as the days begin to grow shorter. It is at this time we begin our shadow work as a coven and we start looking within. We start dissolving ourselves of those habits, mindsets, and wounded part of ourselves that no longer serve us. We start healing ourselves from within. And as this energy of Samhain grows, we continue this inner work all the way up until the winter solstice or Yule. And once Yule has settled in, we rest. And we do this in preparation for spring, beginning right about in bulk, when we start to feel that surge of energy again, we start to feel rejuvenated. And we can only reach this point when we allow ourselves to rest. And within the coven, we have stopped our women's circles and our magical circles, our moon weaver circles. And even as a coven, we have stopped meeting unless it's necessary. Of course, we're still here to support one another, <laughs> as any good magical family would. But there's no obligation there. We remain accessible to honor each other as needed. So those responsibilities that we do keep around are centered around the family, the home, and ourselves, our inner work. Because what we started at Samhain, we're going to continue until we feel ready to move on. 
In essence, we are closing chapters of our lives between Samhain and Yule. And we take this time to become intuitive and support ourselves so we can, in the future, support others. So our focus turns inward to the hearth, to the home. We nourish those around us that are closest to us so that in the spring we can renew ourselves and emerge from winter's cold grasp, ready to work, to plant those seeds and create a new harvest. However, in our modern culture, we are conditioned and driven to think that this time of year means that we must rush around, we must buy, 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 We must attend as many parties as possible because somehow if we don't do all these things, we are not regarded as highly or thought of as being precious. Now, don't get me wrong. These are wonderful things in moderation, especially the idea of celebrating one another and celebrating the season. This is a time for joy. It is a time for wonder. It is time for thinking of others and as we work on ourselves. It's a time for balance and coming back into that sense of balance. But we can't do that when we are firmly rooted in the capitalistic mindset. As a magical person, as I walk a magical path, I learn the value that perhaps 2020, the pandemic of 2020 has brought us and the lesson it has brought us. And perhaps this pandemic, the forcing us inside, the forcing us to only be around those we are closest to is trying to teach us not something of isolation and depression, but teach us something that often gets forgotten. And that's the value of togetherness the value of being more closely connected with those we love. So this season, many of us will not be joining our friends and family physically. I live three doors down from my in-laws, and I don't think we're going to be joining physically. So this means more and more of us will be connecting with each other virtually. So if we are coming together face-to-face, without the physical presence of a hug or handshake or being able to hand each other gifts, that togetherness becomes more precious. It was about two weeks ago we decided that our Yule celebration, maybe a little bit longer than that, but our Yule celebration is going to be virtual. And for this celebration, our two covens are coming together The Indigo Hearth and the Spiral Sojourn Coven are going to come together. And we were initially very excited to do this because we were going to do it in person. We're going to have a big potluck and a big ritual (laughs) with two covens, right? And the more and more we realized that this pandemic was not going to release its grasp, we realized that a virtual event was going to be better. As a magical family, we agreed that for the safety and benefit of everyone, we would come together virtually. And this means getting a little creative. So we're going to have our virtual 
hang out. <laughs> you know, we'll eat our favorite foods together. We will talk. We will make our Yule gifts together, our Yule projects together. And we will spend that time together in talking with one another, not on our phones, ignoring one another or passively staying within the same room with each other, but we'll actually be able to talk to each other and work together, making our time together more precious. And this draws special meaning when our time together doesn't come from our wallet, but comes from our heart. And don't get me wrong, there's nothing disparaging about a well thought out gift that when you give it to that person you adore, seeing their eyes light up and the wonder wash across their face as they open something that was so heartfelt and lovingly wrapped. We don't have to limit ourselves to connecting with one another through gifts. I think as a human race, we need to come back to connecting with one another through our words and just the idea of coming together and being present with one another. Perhaps we can remind ourselves of that value of intimacy of the mind and togetherness of the heart. Yule is a great time to perform rituals. And I think it's also a great time to remind ourselves that not all rituals need to be grand, elaborate, or immensely decorated. They don't have to be pristine and aesthetic. Some of the most meaningful rituals, some of the most powerful rituals are simple or uncomplicated. When we draw ourselves within and realize our place in the universe, we can realize that every act can become an act of reverence and a ritual. If you live in areas where you get snow, you'll notice something about the snow that makes the world quite different. Things get really quiet. This is one of my favorite experiences. I grew up in California where we didn't have snow, so I never got to experience this as a child. So as an adult coming out here where we have the seasons and snow, this was one of the most amazing things I could experience. And we just received a huge blessing of several inches. And it's one of those things that it's a burden, yet it's very wondrous. You know, the whole shoveling thing is not <laughs> not something I, I quite look forward to. But once it's done, everything seems to settle and become wonderful. It's time to play. It's time to enjoy the glittering blanket of cold that is laid in our yard. So if you were lucky enough to live in a place where it snows, try making a ritual of going out into fallen snow and just listening. Listen to how quiet it is. Even traffic seems to be more muffled and gentle. Get a sense of how the world is falling asleep and how the world is hibernating and resting. Take some time to 
quiet yourself and breathe deeply. Watch as the cold air transforms your breath into clouds and allow yourself to feel at peace. Allow yourself to listen to your own breath and watch the air release from your lungs and let these cloudy, foggy breaths escaping into the atmosphere remind you that you are vital, you're alive. As you inhale and exhale, you are given this reminder that you are part of the cycle of life, death, and rebirth. One of my favorite stories is called The Silver Pine Cones. This is a lovely story about generosity and the meaning behind togetherness and looking out for one another. There once lived a poor family with hardly enough money for food, much less wood for their fire. Each day, the mother would go out into the forest to search for pine cones while her children would go out into town and sell them. The damaged and extremely small pine cones, or the ones that were too broken or insignificant to sell, would be the ones they would burn in their hearth. While the larger, more beautiful pine cones would be taken to town to trade for food or be sold for money. On this day, the winter solstice, the mother was hoping to find some extra pine cones, extra nice ones, so she could have a celebration with her family. The forest was cold and the snow was deep, so the woman had to dig and kick away layers of snow to find the pine cones she needed. As she persisted in her task, her fingers became so numb and cold, her feet were felt frozen. And after several hours, she had collected a large basket of pine cones of various sizes. She began to feel very tired and very hungry. So she thought, well, it's a long walk back to the house, and I did bring a little something, so I will sit in the sun, and I will eat my apple and my bread before I head back. So she found a nice log in the sun where she could warm her feet and her hands and enjoy her meager feast. As she began to eat, she noticed a man beside her. Where did he come from? He said, hello, my lady. A little startled, she looked up at the man, and she could see he was dressed in traveling clothes and seemed to be just as tired and weary as she seemed to be. He was also a younger man, and he appeared to be in good physical condition. He asked her, Do you have any food to spare for an ill-prepared traveler? He continued. The woman felt the hunger in her stomach, but she also knew the man had a long walk ahead before he would reach the nearest town. Certainly, sir. You can't go on your journey without proper rations, she said. She gave the man her bread and then gave him directions to the road where he could find the next town. He smiled and thanked her for her kindness and generosity. Before they parted, he suddenly took a very keen interest in her load of pine cones. 
He asked her why she had collected so many. She answered him honestly, even though she felt ashamed to tell a complete stranger of her hardships. He also said something else before he left, which puzzled the woman even further. He said, beware the forest and its tricks, for it holds more than mere sticks. He took her cold hands in his and finished with, may your life be blessed with gifts from the forest. With that, he seemed to vanish towards the road. She heard stories of magical folk in the forest nearby, but had never seen or encountered them herself. She said to herself with a smirk, ha, old wives' tales, as she picked up a pine cone in admiration. Gifts from the forest indeed, although I did pick some nice ones today, she said to herself, as she tucked the piece of cloth back into the basket. She then lifted her load of pine cones onto her back and turned towards home. The basket seemed a little heavier than usual, but she didn't give it much thought. She decided the weight was due to her strength failing from hunger. She could only think of getting home to her family and warming her hands by the fire. Her walk was long, and as she reached her door, she suddenly felt that she could no longer bear this basket. Oh my, I think it's getting heavier by the moment, or I'm getting weaker, she thought. She called to her husband for help. He came out of the shed where he was feeding the mule and wondered what the fuss was all about. Seeing his wife struggle, he quickly came to her side to carry the basket. As he lifted the load from her hand, he could not believe she had carried such a heavy basket all the way home. The basket's binding cracked and strained with the weight. Goodness, dear, you certainly picked the heavy ones today, he said, with a sense of struggle in his voice. They brought the basket into the house and set it down on the table near the hearth. The woman sunk down into the closest chair, relieved to be home, safe and sound. Their hearth was burning low, and the husband could tell his wife was freezing, so he decided to pick up one of the pine cones from her basket and start that fire as a roaring blaze. As he lifted the cloth away from the basket, he gasped in disbelief. Oh, oh my, he said. His eyes were wide in disbelief. He was so shocked he could not speak, wondering what the matter was. The wife looked over to see the basket filled with glistening silver pine cones. Every pine cone she picked that day was no longer brown wood, but now they were shining gleefully. Tears of joy began streaming down both their faces. She told her husband of the strange man she met in the forest, and instantly their worries and troubles vanished, knowing that wealth was resting in that basket. From then on, the woman and her husband would venture out into the forest on the eve of the winter solstice with offerings of food and drink for their magical friend. Although she never again saw him, they would leave an offering at the base of the tree where she met him. They kept their grateful and generous hearts as their lives were fulfilled with love, bounty, and joy until the end of their days. If you enjoyed this story, there is an adaptation on my blog, themagickitchen.com, 
feel free to share it with your loved ones this season. You can enjoy this winter solstice tea while you read the silver pinecone story to your family and friends. In this recipe, you will use fresh apples, fresh ginger, which gives it a nice bite and a pleasant sweetness. What you'll need is four cups of water, about half an apple, gala or Fuji work great. You'll want two cinnamon sticks, five whole cloves, half an inch piece of fresh ginger, half a teaspoon of lemon zest, four teaspoons of loose leaf black tea. If you don't have loose leaf tea, you can use a the bag tea is fine. You'll probably want two bags. And honey or brown sugar as desired for sweetness. You simply throw everything into a little pot to simmer for about 10 minutes. What I prefer to do is put the black tea in around the last couple of minutes of the simmer and cool that for a few minutes before serving. Strain everything out and enjoy. Divination is one of my favorite activities during the winter solstice time. So throughout the whole season, really, (laughs) I tend to pull cards for myself in my daily rituals and use these cards as guidance for the day ahead. Now, during the winter solstice, I like to do spreads that are a little more elaborate or in detail so that I can get a better sense of what's coming in the year. And so far, the cards have not (laughs) steered me wrong. Um, Last year before the pandemic, I actually pulled several cards that warned us of tough times coming. So I trust the cards and I trust what they have to say. So today, with the energy of winter solstice, I have pulled Ginkgo, which is flow. And this, this comes from my magical herb oracle deck. Mm, flow, ginkgo biloba. I love ginkgo. And this is not only a great herb for mental cognition and health, it's got so many benefits. So ginkgo in this particular deck means that there are challenges on the way. And even though we have these challenges And with any challenge, we are offered hope. We are offered the chance to be resilient. And we are reminded that resilience is going to be required. There is a possibility of achievement if you go with the flow, if you don't resist. But you need to be patient. And you must take things as they come, let them take their natural course. Don't control things. <laughs> and I know that's a hard one, right? <laughs> we like to control things, but some things can't be controlled. Find balance and perhaps some moderation. And I think that really speaks clearly to the whole idea of the winter solstice. We're coming back into balance, we're restoring, renewing ourselves, we're working inward so that we can emerge in spring, a little more juvenated, a little more ready to take on the tasks at hand, our goals. 
This is a time of year to think about those goals. What do we want to achieve coming spring? And looking at our personal motivations are going to be monumental in deciding those goals and achieving those goals. You want to come at it with a greater understanding. So take this period of rest. Take this time of rest and recharge. Find your values and start aligning with those values. As you celebrate Yule this season and the winter solstice, take time for yourself. Go within. Find solitude in silence and togetherness. If you're looking for more on this seasonal celebration, please feel free to visit my blog site, themagickitchen.com. I have several articles there from celebrating this seasonal event with labyrinths to gift giving and other recipes. I wish you joy and light during this season. Blessed be. Thank you for joining me in this episode. Please visit my website, leandrawitchwood.com to sign up for my newsletter and stay up to date on new episodes, articles, and more. Blessed be.